So guys, welcome to Revolution O'Clock, which is a new format on Revolution 935 and with Revolution 935 wants to have a more deep intimacy with artists, professionals and most important people here around Miami and not only. I'm gonna co-host this format with the one and only Claudia Pavel. <laughs> hi, my fellow Italian, my fellow European. So, um, yeah, hi guys, I'm Claudia Bovell. I will be hosting this fabulous podcast with my friend uh, Stefano Serro Piazza. And the whole idea of the whole podcast came, um, I mean, we created it um, beginning with the love of music because we not only want to dance, you know, with our favorite artists, but we want to talk to them and find their deepest secrets and desires and find like, you know, the most exciting news and gossips uh, for you guys from our favorite artists. And plus, um, I think that the beauty of Miami, right, is how mixed we are. Um, it's um, uh, the, the mixed cultures and we are a Romanian and an Italian and many, many, many people come here from around the world and here we will have amazing guests who will come and talk about their cultures and how we're creating um, new communities and how they bring their um, their special traditions, you know, um, here and create new music, new art, um, um, new food, and we just create new communities. So today we wanted our guests to be um, our friends. <laughs> to be locals, uh, to be fabulous, international, famous artists and DJs. So guys, today we have for you the international successful DJ Marcus Schultz and his beautiful Romanian wife, uh, Adina Butar, because, um, you know, she's my uh, fellow Romanian and I really wanted uh, them to be um, our guests today. So I'll make a little introduction uh, for you guys. I know everybody knows everything about you, but I have to talk a little bit about you. So Marcus Schultz is a German DJ and record producer based in Miami. He has his own weekly radio show titled Global DJ Broadcast that airs on digitally imported radio and other online stations. He's also the founder of the label Cold Harbor Recordings and Schultz Music Group, an artist management company that manages rising artists in the industry. In September 2012, Marcus Schultz was crowned America's number one DJ by DJ Times. <laughs> and Adina Butar is a fabulous, beautiful, successful international singer, originally from Romania. She's married to Marcus, and they have the most beautiful boy in the world called Liam and hello guys welcome thank you, thank you for inviting us I'm excited to be here yeah I know we're so happy I know how crazy crazy busy you are guys and you have to tell us uh, how do you make it like I feel like every time we're looking at your Instagrams you're in totally different parts of the world well you know when when you look at it from the outside Yeah, it, it looks crazy. It is. It, yeah. But when you're on the inside of it, you just wake up every day and you're like, okay, today... I'm fabulous. I, yeah, today <laughs> I go to, uh, to, to the airport. I'm flying here. Or today I'm going to the studio. I'm doing this. So, you know, when you're in it, it doesn't seem so crazy. It just seems like you're just every day doing something. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> my, our families are uh, always worried that we're just doing too much, but uh, it feels like our pace, right? Yeah, yeah, we just came from Asia, actually. It's been a while since we've been to Asia, for me especially, because, you know, I think it's been like a few years with the pandemic and everything. And uh, yeah, that actually felt a little, for me, it felt a little bit like um, harder just because of jet lag, because it's totally upside down, right? Yeah. So there were two like long flights going there, the 11-hour flight to Istanbul, another 11-hour flight to Asia. And it was kind of crazy because we always kind of find a way to, to get together. He left one week before for his European shows, and then we met in Istanbul airport and we flew together with the same plane. So we're like trying to make the schedule somehow to like fly the same, you know, plane or meet in a spot where like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you also find some free time for the two of you? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes. Yes, of course. And, you know, the thing is, since we're both in the same industry, you know, even when we're working, we're together. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, with Liam now, our, our little baby boy, it's kind of, you know, we focus a lot more um, on him than, uh, you know, before it was just always, you know, shows, airplanes, airports and uh, studio. And now it's like, uh, you know, together raising Liam. So, it's, so do you often take her out for a date during your tour? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. for real? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We have to, right? We have to find. You know, listen, we, we stay we stay at beautiful hotels all over the world. They and always duh. have great <laughs> restaurants. And uh, we love, love, love going to different countries and experiencing their foods. I love wine, so we love to go out and experience, you know, different wines and stuff. So yeah, we 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 actually have a great romantic life uh, when we're on tour. Yeah. That is so beautiful. I mean, seriously, you guys have the most perfect, fabulous, glamorous life. But please give us a little bit, like, tell us that you guys are human. Like, <laughs> like, course, like, are we course. really, yeah, like, you have to tell us the dirty little, like, how do you guys, like, something behind the glamour, please. I know. I mean, well, we already I mean, know how beautiful and, and fabulous you guys are, but sometimes the little baby's tired <laughs> no it's definitely challenging but i think at the end of the day you have to respect each other you have to uh, you know respect the fact that like when we were in asia i knew uh, adina was sleeping all day and awake all night there you go and uh, <laughs> but you know it's like okay I, i let her you know let her sleep yeah. and uh you just, you, i i think it's you know respect compassion and, and understanding like you know it, it, it's not easy How do you deal with your jet lag? You don't. You just, <laughs> you just, you just you have go. to power through. There's no, you know, people ask me all the time, uh, like, you know, how do you get over the jet lag? How do you deal with it? And it's like, you don't. You just power through. You know, when you're up on stage and you're like, completely tired, you know that you tell yourself, well, I'm only up here for another hour, another two hours, and then I'm going to be in my hotel room. I'll be able to sleep. Yeah. So you kind of like... But the good thing I feel about, like, one good thing about jet lag is just that sometimes uh, it falls, like, the, the shows at night, right? Like, if you go to a different time zone, it just falls when it's daytime here. So then it's, like, easier to do the shows then. But then it's so much, it's harder to sleep when you get back to the hotel because you're, in the, you know... 
So you guys are perfect. The kid is the most beautiful, and, and he's so good, right? You said like he's he travels an he really is an angel. No, really. with you guys, like and he sleeps. And I almost feel like he knew what he's signing up for. You know how we believe that a hundred percent babies choose their parents before they are born. So he was like, okay, I think Marcus and Adina are pretty cool. I, I think <laughs> I'm gonna travel as well. I'm gonna be like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. Like he was born, and I'm even cooler. So right. Yeah, he's been to Europe twice already. He's been yeah. to California a few times. You know, Hawaii he's been. Oh, he's a little so, globe yeah, yeah, he's, he's a freaking flyer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we, we live here in Has Miami. His own where, points. Yeah, where we live in Miami here, um, you know, you see the airplanes coming in all the time. So we're always like, oh, look, airplane is, you know, coming home or the airplane is going bye-bye, you know. And so he's like... Airplanes and airports are very much part of his life, and yeah. it's so natural yeah. for him. All like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He knows that uh, he knows that we go to work and we take an airplane, and yeah. he's like, "Oh, mama, dada, airplane." Like, Mama, Dada, like, money. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, no, my parents help a lot. So uh, when we do have to travel uh, together, uh, we don't always take him with us because we we'll obviously think about him being a baby and jet lag. So my parents, like, you know, stay with him. And I think it really helps a lot. Yeah. Like, okay, so one of the things that I, you know, I've lived here in the USA for, you know, most of my life. And the big difference between, one of the big differences between USA culture and European culture is in the European culture, the grandparents take a large role in helping raise the child. Uh, in the USA, not so much, right? No. But um, so it's we're very lucky that her mom and dad, uh, that Liam just loves her mom and dad. I'm and, Italian. Uh, I grew up with my grandparents. <laughs> so they it really me. helps that we're able to just go for the weekend. Like we're, tomorrow we fly to Amsterdam um, and then Adina comes home. I continue on. But her parents are here in Miami and they're going to look, you know, take a, take care of him. And it's it just we're very lucky that her parents, uh, you know, are take such good support care. Support you guys yeah, on they, this. Yeah, they're encouraging us, you know, and it's it's really beautiful when you have family that, family that, uh, that is proud and encourage you and not, you know, uh, try to hold you back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, talking about cultures and how different, you know, we are, it's like the American culture. The, so you were uh, born in Germany? Yeah, I moved to the U.S. when I was 13. Um, so like first, you know, my, my first language is German. I'm, I, I grew up, you know, but actually, so my stepfather, he um, he was American. So I started going to American school in Germany. And that's kind of how I was learned about the American uh, culture. And then when I came over here, it was like, bam, like, okay, I'm in the USA now. And it was really, really rough, really hard for me. Um, you know, I moved to, when first I moved to the USA, I, I lived in New York City or just outside of New York City, just outside of the Bronx. And it was, I think that's where my love of music. You know, so you moved back. your first steps in the U.S., right? Yeah. And and I didn't really, uh, you know, didn't know anybody, didn't know the culture, and I listened to the radio. That was my thing. I just <laughs> laid there, and back in those days, um, you know, New York City had all the so best you can, shows can and everything. So you it's can like, definitely tell me how radio business changed. Oh, I From mean, that stage of your career till now. Well, first of all, you know, I mean, not to get too deep into radio, but back then um, there wasn't as many television stations. So you either were like uh, anybody who wanted to be uh, start in radio, even if you're, you know, uh, 
lots of celebrities. They started on radio back in the day because, um, you know, there weren't so many TV stations. Um, I know I'm dating myself here, but that's the, that's the idea. So there was so much talent, so many amazing DJs, so many amazing personalities that were on the radio and they made you, you just, you just listen to the radio and it was like, what I love about radio is the theater of the mind. In other words, you, you hear what people are saying and you imagine what they're saying. You know, and it just really like everybody's got their own picture of what somebody's talking about on the radio in their head. And uh, the it's like reading mind. a book. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, can read the same words. Theater of and the you mind. can image this, yeah. a different, completely different setting in your mind. Yeah. The I think that's why I always, stuck with, I always <laughs> stuck with radio and didn't really get into television because I, I love the theater of the mind. You know, I just love to talk about things and, and, uh, You know, what, so what when did imagine. you really start? What? How, how did it start? Everything like from from the love of radio? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I used to be a, a break dancer. Ooh. Right? I didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. I used to be a break dancer, and then um, we. I used to make the mixtapes for my break dance crew. So for all the competitions and everything. And then one time we decided, hey, we're going to make our own uh, party, and um, we all like took turns. We we're all going to take turns DJing. You know, I was practicing, scratching, all that stuff, right? And then uh, when the night of the show came, there was so many people, unexpected. You know, we were expecting maybe 25, 50 people. And it was like hundreds, hundreds of people. Like, I, I don't, you know. And uh, so all my friends got cold feet. And I said, listen, you guys just go relax. I'll start. <laughs> and when you feel comfortable, you come. And How I old were you then? I was maybe 16, 17. And uh, I wound up DJing the whole night. <laughs> But I remember what that I remember that feeling like it was yesterday. I remember I stood there and uh, as I put the vinyl on, I was just thinking to myself, this feels right. Like this feels knew. like this. I, I, it was like you, I found it. I found my path. It was such a like defining moment. Do you still I feel remember. emotional performing? Uh, yeah, that's I, I honestly this is what I was put on earth for. Like, I, I, I know that. My, uh, my father, he was a musician. You should um, say the story. If you want secrets, you know, you should say how you found out, for example. Like with your biological father that you never actually knew. Yeah, I never, I never knew my, my uh, biological father until, yeah. you know, like maybe 10, 10 15 years ago. And uh, he wow. messaged and he me. He actually never knew that he was a musician before. Never right? knew. Like, and he, yeah, just say the story. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, cool you know, he, he was, he, yeah, well... I, I didn't know he was a musician. Like, uh, he messaged me uh, like, hey, you know, hi, I'm your father. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, okay. And by the way, you have two brothers and a sister. And, was and like, it was like crazy because, you know, I mean, when he told me the story, it was something like, well, uh, he didn't keep in touch with him. Uh, I mean, because of the times. And then he had a, a stepfather to raise him, which was like in military. Yeah. And he got 35 years in the like U.S. Army, my, my stepfather. Very strict, very disciplined. Yeah, and then he was like, just like one time, just because, you know, he found him on the internet, kind of like, okay, like, you know, like, that, that's yeah. the story, right? Oh, my God, yeah, my son is famous. <laughs> it's famous, I was thinking maybe, who knows, maybe you would never have met him, like, in a way, yeah. because he literally just emailed him one day. He's like, hey, I just, you know, found you on the internet, and yeah, I'm your father. So do you think that wow. he has reached to him due to his uh, high visibility on yeah, the internet? Yeah, 100%, 100%. So, yeah. Because he saw on my Wikipedia page, he said he saw oh, born in Eschwege. That's my son. 
he felt it, right? Yeah, the first time I was. So we made plans where, um, you know, the next time I was in Germany, um, that we were gonna go meet and have coffee. And I remember the first time we, wa I was like, wow, this is my father, right? And we were walking to the, to the table, and one of the seats was with the back to the wall, you know, like this. And uh, we both went for the same seat. And I'm like, uh, I, I can't sit with my back to the door, you know? And he said, me neither. <laughs> wow. And I'm my like, God. whoa, like right instantly. The moment I met him, we were both going for the same chair in the, in the, the coffee shop. The DNA, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then he told me his story and he was a, a drummer in a band. Uh, and then afterwards he became a DJ. <laughs> so imagine, like, I never knew my father. And you and took exactly the same, same path. path. Yeah. You know, and the one thing is I used to be on stage and for, you know, 20, 30,000 people. And I was always insecure because I just felt like, well, first of all, let me back up. I was saying how my stepfather was uh, military, raised me, so very different. disciplined. So I have the DNA from uh, a creative DNA from my father. And I have the, I was raised with discipline, mm -hmm. right? Hardworking discipline. So I remember being on stage and I was always insecure because I always felt like the only reason I'm up here on stage, it's not because I'm talented, it's because I worked hard. And when you're on stage in front of 20, 30,000 people more, that it messes with you. You get the, uh, what is it called? Well, it's called you believe imposter that? Uh, uh, complex. Yeah. You know? We all have it. Well, I didn't know, you know, and then and then when uh, when after I met my father, it's like I realized like I belong here on stage. This is where I'm supposed to be here. It's not because I worked harder or, you know, whatever. It's, it's meant to be. It's meant to be. And so now when I'm on stage, there's a lot. There's a, a piece, you know, I still get nervous, obviously, but there's a piece like this is my my place. Yes, it's like a puzzle that you put and yeah. you know where you are. Yeah. But I'm so curious, what, what what made you think, though, that you were not, that you just worked hard and you were not telling, like, like what, what gave you that? I mean, I think all, as thought. an artist, we're all insecure. Yeah. So even, you know, when I would play, you know, I, I would be, I would just think uh, it's not just these tracks that I'm playing, you know, my, my tracks are, are not good enough. Perfectionist. You know? yeah. So, <laughs> true artist. Like, yeah. a true artist doesn't think, uh, you know, that yeah. they're good enough or that they belong. The best of them think yeah. that. Yeah. So, so, how much does this much success in your life impact your mental health? Um, so, I, you feel stressed, you feel nervous, well, uh, you feel uh, anxious. You, you know what? It's like you work your whole life to get somewhere and you become successful and at that point you realize like there's no place to go but down or the true success is a piece of mind and if you think about it yeah, like, yeah. but you're but then you become then your your whole focus is staying staying you know and it's maintaining yeah. staying staying there um it's and so even though it, it, it i'm you know it, it's it's because like maybe becoming successful sometimes it can be like block right like i don't know you just make a hit or a song that is becoming successful but then after like you just have to work hard to maintain the success right yeah then that's the that's the hard like, that's yeah. the hard part you see so many people so many djs come they have a hit and you see them around for a couple of years and then they're gone yeah so it's like for me just it became the the getting there 
it was hard, but the staying there is the part that's the, the most stressful. And how does the pressure feel? Oh, like, is that's, it pres pressure? Yeah, yes, that's where it's To be number is. one, like, you have to stay there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially because all there's always new people coming, you know? Yeah. And how did you have to... Uh, measure yourself and to change as a human being and as an artist in order to keep being in that spot for a long time? Well, I don't think it's change. I think it's evolve. There's a big difference between changing and evolving, right? I agree. It's like changing is like 90 degree. Like, no. oh, I'm playing this kind of music and now I'm going to play this kind of music. It's like, no, you, but if you evolve, you know, if you go back over the course of, let's say, 10 years and you say, oh, this is what I sounded like 10 years ago, you, you hear the change. But during that, it, it's an evolution. Mm -hmm. And I think as an artist, you evolve. Um, and that's what I've always done. I know a lot of my colleagues have changed. But you didn't change your music genre. I never changed my music genre. It just evolved. Yeah. So I see many trans musicians, for example, these days, uh, yeah. radically changing their music yeah, yeah. Um, playing completely different yeah yeah it's yes yeah. i mean if they understand it okay but it, uh for me i'm just organic like uh, all of the music that i make all of the music that uh it, it, it literally comes from all my life experiences you know um like i've and i've always been different than the other trans uh guys where I always felt uncomfortable in the the big long breakdowns with the love songs and the, you know what I mean and and hold the hearts and all that. I've always been into the groove. Yeah. Like, I love the emotional melodies, but I gotta have the beat. I gotta have. I gotta feel the beat. You know. Yeah. I think that's the dance because I was a dancer when I was young. The right? beat is the most important. Right. You can't yeah. really, you know, dance and, you know, get it on to, uh, you know, a, so, a breakdown. <laughs> yeah, of I'm, course. I'm really curious as a DJ, do you play, so I get, you play, of course, your music, but then do you feel the audience, like, does it matter? Or do you, like, do you play what you like? Or do you, do you play what you like most? Or do you care, like, how the audience feels? Do you, you know, well, you go the vibe and you just play for them all So like you, and I have a second question yeah. related you, to this. You, do, you look, you know, like I stay within my lane, but within that lane, I'm very eclectic. So in other words, last week I played a 12 hour set at Stereo Montreal, which is a techno club, like only techno DJs play there. But I'm, I'm, I'm the only trance DJ that, that plays at Stereo. Um, otherwise, it's all Danny Teneglia and Dubfire and Carl Cox. Mm -hmm. and like, you know, I'm the only trance, but that's because it's like, I have that foundation, right? And at the same time, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks, I'm playing at Dare here in, in Fort Lauderdale. I can't play the same, of course. right? But the vibe is the same. And, and the big thing for me, and this is kind of where Adina comes in too, like I'll play a lot more vocals at some shows. And for me, um, the vocals are very important because they're like a, a more uh, direct message. Uh, like when Adina's writing these uh, these songs, where, you know, when we're writing them, we're always like, what message do we very want to be very clear to the audience? Um, and uh, so that's a big difference because when I do Stereo Montreal, it's just a mood. I'm setting a vibe, a mood, not so many vocals. And then when I play at a place like there, 
It's like, you know, Adina's important because, uh, you know, we're, we're working Adina on Adina is China. always important. Yeah. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> no, I was just thinking about like, yeah, you're right. Like that, like, let's just take an example. Last weekend we had like one hour show for a festival in Vietnam, right? Yeah. Where they booked Marcus, uh, Emma Hewitt and me. Mm-hmm. And we had all three, like in the one hour of his set, basically, I was singing three songs. Emma was singing four songs. And then he's like, what am I going to play? Because I'm just going to play your songs. Like, you know, what am I going to play? Yeah. He said, yeah. no, but it actually turned out really good just yeah. to have Adina and Emma in, in my show. Emma Hewitt. Yes. Um, in, in the show because it, it's like everything. It was yeah, action, you know? Yeah, it was great. And on- Emma does uh, the most important collaboration in trance music yeah, from she's a long time. Yeah. I know, I know, she's, she's amazing. A legend. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, she lives here in Miami too. Oh, I didn't yeah. know it. Yeah, definitely. You can have her uh, next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> no Why not? We're best friends too, so. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, but that's, uh, that was like what Saturday, and then next morning at 4 a.m. he went to the airport to fly. It was the only flight out that he can take uh, to get uh, in Canada, Montreal, which was like his stereo show, right? Like yeah. stereo, like 12 hours underground show it was such a big difference and yeah. huge difference to go from a, 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 a you know, one hour, like a, a festival show in vietnam um playing with uh, like alan walker and, uh, and and having adina and emma in my show to going to stereo montreal and playing from midnight <laughs> until noon yeah which is a completely different oh, audience different. indeed of course uh, but and you know what i always tell adina i said I need those kind of nights for my soul. Uh-huh. Right. Know? When I'm all summer long playing festivals, one hour sets, it's like I need I need my I need my stereo. So you <laughs> you think adapting basically is the secret of your long career? Like oh, 100%. Yeah. 100% being able to uh, uh I mean, know what to play and what play what you, you just have a set. You know, it's like a chef, right? You give the same ingredients tomatoes and uh, basil and this and that. You know what I mean? You give all this stuff to like a a bunch of chefs and they're all gonna, you know what I mean? Some chefs are just gonna make something that's special out of it. And I feel that way about the the music. It's just like... But I think that your music genre helps you to be more versatile, more than other music. Generous because uh, it's all based I, on the melody. Yes, I interviewed so many big room DJs. For example, people actually expect those DJs to play the same hits, the same releases, uh, yeah. and they tour the world, and they get tired of you know performing yeah. all over the same. Yeah. I'm well, not telling the same set, but yeah, yeah, no, at no, least the same. You're 100 percent right, and that's why uh, you know, like uh, it happens as well to to me, right? But that's why the, these being able to play. Okay, so first of all, when I started my career, I was a, I started as a resident DJ. Then I had the hit records, and then all of a sudden I'm touring the world based on these hit records. But I was a resident DJ first. So for me, I tour the world. I still tour the world playing my hits and all that. But when I do a set at like Stereo in Montreal, um, or Minister Sound in London, or Avalon in Los Angeles. It takes me back to my roots of being a resident DJ. Absolutely. How important is it? Was that residency? Like, because you you basically learned everything about the people, right? Yep. That's where you learned how to how to how to direct a room, how to set the vibe in a room. You know, um, I mean, 
when I first moved here to Miami, I was a resident DJ at Space, and I was opening for Tiesto. I was opening for Armin and Ferry and, uh, you know, Paul Oakenfold, and, and even I even opened for uh, um, John Digweed and, you know, like that. So it was like setting the mood, you know, you, at that point, I, you know, you, you had to set the mood. You had to like... And you have a big responsibility. It, there's an art in 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 uh, being a resident DJ, you know, especially the opening because you it, you can't pop the champagne too early. Like you have to leave it. You can't. Uh, people need to be excited, but you there you can only take it a certain. You have point. to be the right tracks in order to create the climax, right? Nowadays, nowadays it's like the opening the DJ. It's like uh, it's like they're auditioning for Ultra Main Stage. It's like what are you doing? You know, they're for, <laughs> the doors are not even open yet, and they're playing like. You know, Martin Garrix animals, or, uh, or, or you know what I mean? It's like the art of uh, of, of setting up a room. Um, you know, because listen, when I when I was, you know, space, right? Yeah. And I, I remember, <laughs> I remember Lewis. I, <laughs> I remember Lewis. Uh, you know, he used to be the Lewis Bueg, used to be the owner of space. He used to come up to me. He goes, you know, it's great that the people are really dancing hard and having a great time at four o'clock in the morning, but. If they dance too hard, they're not going to stay until noon. So they, they wouldn't so you drink have much. To be, yeah. you, have to be, you have to, you know, that that's the idea. It's like, well, we want we want people here at noon. Yeah. You know, we want to keep, the, keep yeah, everybody, yeah. like, fresh and everything. So there's a whole, like, art to... Business also. To DJing, yeah. Uh, but there's a whole art to it. Yeah. But to keep the you know? people, yeah. To keep the yeah. people. Always, I mean, even me, after so many years, because we're together for so many years, I've been hearing a lot of, like you know, 99% of his sets every single time. And even now I'm blown away uh, by, sometimes by, like we had a show in uh, Miami this weekend. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to say the name or whatever, but the idea is that he was supposed to play till 4 a.m. from 1 to 4. And I don't know how we got to 6.30. And I'm like, how did you play two hours and a half more? <laughs> and nobody actually really noticed it. We just looked at the clock at 6.30 a.m. And, you know, the music started from 3, 3 till 6.30. It was just, like, one after another, like, such an amazing vibe and, like, group yeah. and everything. And I was, like, thinking to myself that, wow, like, even after all this year, he's still, like, impressing me with, like, his, you know. Because it's always That is different. so beautiful. It's always different. It's always, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, like, it's not, like, the same thing, you know. It's, like, always, like, you don't know what to expect. It's just, like, okay. <laughs> It's something very uh, yeah. extraordinary for a wife uh, that follows you on tour uh, constantly to well, be, before, you know, well surprised and, you know, well, now as an artist, uh, I would have been uh, very much, you I know. I remember the first I, time Adina came to stereo, it was like 10 o'clock in the morning, right? Um, 10 o'clock in the morning and she like walks well, up to me and, you know. So started at 12 and at 10. Yeah, I started at 12. So I've been DJing for 10 hours. Yeah, so and she walks up to me and she's like, So what's the plan? And I'm like, that's loyalty. The plan, the plan is sit down because I'm not stopping anytime soon. Like I still got there, at least two, three hours more to go. <laughs> no, but there, I could feel uh, so much admiration in the way she she said. You know, I was so blown away. <laughs> like under so many years. It was actually very cute to yeah, see. Yeah, very, also. very cute. 